Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. stand for the reading of the word tonight and as you're standing I would like to dismiss our three to seven year olds can be dismissed tonight our eight to eleven year olds will be staying in tonight for tonight only Uh, um, but our three to seven year olds can be dismissed to their classes and they're gonna have a great time if you're a guest tonight you have a child ages three to seven they are welcome to be dismissed into the four year they will take them to their classes and they're gonna have a great time tonight Amen. And our Bible quizzers are already upstairs. They've been practicing tonight. Amen. How many are excited about our Bible quizzing team? I'm looking forward to hearing some great things out of that. And we're just getting started. And uh, I know that there's going to be great things on the horizon coming out of that as well. Amen. I want to uh, start a series tonight for the next couple of, of, of Wednesday nights. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the issues of the heart. Somebody say issues of the heart. Amen. If you would turn me very quickly, I want to turn your attention to um, Matthew chapter 12, Matthew 12, and I want to read verse 35, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35. As you're turning to all of our first time guests tonight, welcome home. And we love you already. We're so glad you're here. And welcome to Bible study. We're a little laid back on Bible study night, but we have a good time. Amen. We are here for the word of God tonight. Amen. I'm thankful to be in the house with you. Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 35 or just verse 35. It reads this. It says, a good man, Jesus is speaking. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. Good man brings good treasure out of his heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Somebody say issues of the heart. Amen. May God in his blessing to the word tonight. You may be seated in his presence. Thank you for standing with me. Amen. For the reading of the word. Amen. If you have some pen and paper tonight, I'm always going to encourage you to take notes. And uh, if you, if you're a, if you're a a Wednesday night regular, uh, always be bringing some pen and pad, and be ready to take some notes. Amen. Just just last week, me and me and Amanda, and uh, brother and sister Tiffany, Pastor John and Sister Tiffany, we went to a conference. This conference is called Because of the Times. Many of you have heard about Because of the Times. It is a large gathering. Over 3,000 people come to this meeting. It's been going on now for almost 40 years. It started as a young minister's conference close to 40 years ago. Not quite 40 years, but pretty close to 40 years ago. It started as a young minister's conference where there were young ministers who said, you know, we need a conference that's kind of just for us. And so this conference now has, uh, you know, grown. It has uh, morphed into uh, 
uh, preacher's conference, so to speak, and it's, it's, it's worldwide. People watch it all over the world. There were thousands watching online this past week, and there will be thousands of people who will buy all the content from that meeting. We were there. Uh, I've been going now since around 2006, me and Amanda. 2006, 2007, me and Amanda have tried to be there, tried to go to that event. It's always good. Uh, and every year, somebody says, oh, this was the best one yet. Um, I, I, I'm not that kind of person. I'm, I'm going to tell you, no, this was, this was a good year, but it wasn't the best one. The best one was this year. Um, but, you know, people like to say, this is the best one yet. It always blows my mind uh, because I'm, I'm a pastor. And I don't know if you know this or not, but every week I have to study. For a, a Bible study, a Bible study, and a message. I got three events I have to study for every week. And so God cannot bless an empty mind. Now you got to have something in the bucket. You know, they got something in the well if you want something to come up in the bucket. So you got to continually fill your mind with information, reading the scripture, reading books, listening to podcasts immersing yourself in the word and then doing that all over again. Um, it surprises me that when I'm at, because of the times, some of the greatest preachers in the world are there to preach, to teach, and to inform and educate and uh, encourage. And I will look around the room and I'm the only one writing. I have a notepad. I bring a notepad with me and a pen. That's all, the only thing I bring to church is a notepad and a pen. And I write. Because I don't, I'm like, I don't know about y'all, but I got to preach. And I need this information. I, like, I write it all down because I, I need to get it, pray about it, make it my own, and regurgitate it to help you, to help us. And so I want to encourage you, get you a notepad and a pen. Take some notes because... Um, I'm going to read a lot of scriptures tonight about the heart. And these are good scriptures to know because we have a heart issue in our world. Yes. The hearts of men have waxed cold. There are cold hearts even in this house tonight. Even among the children of God, there are issues of the heart. The heart, if you understand anatomy, which I am quite certain you do, the heart runs the whole thing. Everything is about the heart. I mean, your liver can go bad, and you can stay alive for a little while. Your, your lungs can go bad, and, you know, we, can, we, we got stuff. Uh, you know, we can make it, we can make it work. There, there's a lot of parts of your anatomy that can struggle, and, and you can get around it. You can, you can make it happen. But if your heart stops, you're done. Everything shuts off. It is the light switch to your life, the heart. And we know that in the natural realm, the heart is just a muscle with valves and, and all kinds of ventricles. And uh, I, I know there's a lot of medical people out here sitting in this room, so I'm not going to venture no further than that because I don't want y'all picking on me. The heart is a big muscle, it's a giant valve. And all the blood in your body rushes through that valve 
and it pumps, and that valve sends blood back out through your extremities to keep you alive. And if there's any kind of blockage, you, you could have a blockage in your hand. And if your heart isn't able to pump, pump that blood to your hand, after a while, your hand will atrophy, and it'll die. Your hand will die right on your body. It'll just be as dead as it could be because there's a block between the heart and the hand. The heart is the central unit of the body. Now, the brain controls it. The brain controls the heart. You know, we understand that the brain is the computer of the body, and it controls the heart. The Bible, the Bible, when it talks about the heart, it is making a reference to two things. Yes, the heart of man, your conscience, what you think in your mind, but what, what you are. And that heart that the word of God talks about is also the central thing that runs you. Your, your thought life runs you. Now, I know that we have up here tonight on the screen a heart. And because I, I want you to not think of the brain tonight. Because your mind is more than gray matter. Your mind is your conscious spirit. The consciousness of man is the mind. But I want you to connect it tonight with your heart because I want you to understand this. Everything is controlled by that. Everything is controlled by that. Watch what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Hebrews 4 and 12. It says this, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, watch this, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Now, we, me, me and you know that this muscle in my chest that's a valve that pumps all this blood through my body, it doesn't think. There, there's no, you can't discern the thoughts of my, this heart, because there's no thoughts in that heart. The thoughts are here. So what I want you to understand tonight is when I talk about the issues of the heart, I want you to know that what's happening inside the conscious man that you are, the conscious woman that you are, that thought life is the valves where everything in your life have to run through. It is the beating of your life. Your life, the Bible, the word of God is showing us that your mind is your heart. And your heart is your mind. And it, if it stops, you're done. But also, if there's problems, they will show up. You know, if you start getting to be a certain age and, you know, those stairs in your house that you used to go up and down, totally fine. You get to the top of them one day and you realize, oh, I'm seeing three, I'm seeing three doors here. 
and, and, and you're feeling a little bit funny, and you're like, well, that's okay, because especially, especially in this room, if you're a man, you're going to go, that has nothing. I'll be all right. And then the next day, you're walking the dog, and you realize that you're winded. You just walked around the block one time, and you are done. And you're like, ah, that's fine. That's all right. It's just, I'm just not feeling good today. And pretty soon, you're sitting at a stoplight, and you're like, whew, man, I feel weird. You check your Apple Watch, and you're sitting in your car, and your heart rate's 150. And you're like, that's weird. You know what's happening? Your heart is talking to you. Your heart's saying, there's something in me that's causing a traffic jam somewhere. There's a traffic jam. Somewhere's going on. And you're feeling the effects of it in your body. So you go to the doctor. And you sit down with the doc, and the doc says, um, you know, it's not that bad right now. And uh, we could do surgery or you could go on a diet for a little while and you could walk, you know, maybe you could get out a little more, do some exercising. And you're thinking, wait a minute, nah, man, just, just fix me. He's saying, well, I could fix you immediately and you would have to deal with weeks of pain and you would have to deal with the small chance that you could die while we're doing it. Or you could fix it yourself over a long period of time with extended pain. We would opt for that doctor to cut us open and get it done now rather than commit to having to give up our favorite food, having to spend a little time in the gym maybe. We would rather have a quick fix than a commitment. Because I don't have to commit. I don't have to commit to no, no surgery. I mean, you just, you put me to sleep and you fix me. I wake up, I deal with a few days of pain and I'm fine. But if I fix it myself, I go home and I got to push away from things. I got to say no to this. I got to say no to that. I got to say yes to this, yes to that. And and that pain that you could just put me to sleep. This, this is us in a nutshell because we have these same issues in our spiritual walk and, and we continually want God to fix it at an altar call. Lord, let me come up there. Let me pray one prayer. Let me just fall on my knees, cry a little tear, pray a prayer, and you just fix me, Lord. Fix, fix my marriage. Fix my, fix my life. Fix my mind. Help me with these addictions that I have. Help me with this anxiety I got. Lord, fix my children. We want God to, we want God to do what we want that surgeon to do. Man, just give me a shot and let me go home healthy. But God, like that doctor saying, no, I don't necessarily work like that. What I'd rather you do is go home and say no to a few things. I'd rather you go home and maybe put away a few relationships that you got problems with. You have, you know, it's, it's like ice cream ain't bad, 
but quarts of it at a time, that's bad. Amen and amen. You know, Doritos, not, not necessarily bad, but a whole bag at a time, bad. You know, like you can say, well, I eat really healthy. All, all I eat is, you know, meat, potatoes. That's not necessarily healthy, especially if you're eating it too much. See, a lot of things that we do in our life, not necessarily unhealthy, it's the frequency that we do those things. There ain't a verse in your Bible that's going to tell you anything about Facebook. Not a verse. Not one verse. It's not good nor bad. But if you're spending all day on it, it's probably bad for you. If you can read one post and get so mad you want to bite through nails and you become a keyboard commando, fingers just flying, it's probably not good for you. Maybe you have an allergic reaction to what some people can handle. Maybe some people can say, I can eat just one Pringle. But some people, they read that little sign and it says, Bet you can't eat just one. And then you do the tube stack. I envy people sometimes that can just sit down and go, I'm just have a little piece of cake, have a little piece of cake, and that's it. I'm like, I want to fight you. Because I don't want a little piece of cake. I want all the cake. Bring, bring me the whole cake, sit in front of me, I'm fine with that. I can't have this a little, a little dab ain't going to do me. No, 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 a little dab might do you, but it ain't going to do me. Because we all struggle in different areas, but if I'm not honest with myself, I will partake in things that are unhealthy for me, and I will put myself in a bind to where eventually I am hurting not only myself, but even people around me. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. It's an issue of the heart. It's the central, it's the central muscle of your life. If it is wrong, everything else will be wrong. If it isn't right, everything else will not be right. Here's what he said in Psalms 139. And verse 23, Psalms 139 and verse 23, he says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. My heart, that's my, that's my conscious man, that's my thought life. What's your, what's your thought life like? What do you think? You ever looked around the room and thought, man, I wonder what they're thinking. You would not want to know, I promise you. Sometimes people aren't thinking anything. But sometimes people are thinking, they could be smiling, but in their minds be choking you. Now don't raise your hand, but some of y'all in this room are good at it. Because the mind... The mind 
is not controlled by the outer. The mind controls the outer. You see, you got roommates in your head. You got roommates in your head. Sometimes the roommates don't get along. Yeah. Let me, let me just show this to you. Somebody say, I am made in the image of God. The Bible tells us that God has seven attributes. Seven. There's seven attributes of God. He is merciful. He is wise. There's seven different attributes of God. Is. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, 1, 1, 1, tells us this, that God does all things under the counsel of his own will. You know what that means? That means God talks to himself. See, you're not crazy. You're just made in the image of God. You got roommates up here. Now listen, I know some of y'all looking at me like, I don't know, I don't believe in all this, whatever. But I'm in the Bible. Because you know for a fact that you can think three different things and act another way. You know you can you can think something evil, but do something good. You can do something good, but be thinking something evil the whole time. I've had people smile on my face and do good things for me, only to find out later they had evil motives when they did those things. Tell me how someone can do that. Because their mind. There's issues of the heart at play here. We have issues of the heart. We are controlled by this central muscle in our body that is sending out information, life to everything. It is pumping all day long. Do you know that your heart never stops beating? Even when you go to sleep, it just keeps on beating. But do you know your mind never stops thinking? Have you ever woke up in the morning and said, you know what, I'll think now. Think about it. Have you ever woke up in the morning and said, now I will turn on my brain and think? You don't. You just get up. You put your slippers on. I do. Put your slippers on. You go brush your teeth. I do. I brush my teeth. I can't do nothing. For y'all folks to get up and go do life without brushing your teeth, nasty. That's the first thing I got to do. I can't look at nothing. I can't talk to nobody. I can't go get no coffee. How can you drink something with your teeth so furry? Well, I don't, like it. I don't like the toothpaste messed up, but the toothpaste is messing up for me. I don't care. I got to have a clean mouth first thing. But you know what? Normally, I'm brushing my teeth and thinking about 27 things. And I didn't tell my brain, brain, it's 8 a.m., wake up and start thinking. Brain, it's 5.30 a.m., wake up and start thinking. No, you know what? Most of the time, my brain's already thinking before I wake up. It's my brain that woke me up in the first place. Because my brain is praying the cha-cha at 5.30 in the morning. My body, is, my body is resting. I finally found a place to lay that my back don't hurt. And then my brain's like, do you know what we have to do today? Let's get up. We got things to do, man. Well, listen, you got to call this guy. This got to be done. And I'm like, if you don't shut up. And I didn't tell it. I didn't tell it it could do that. It just did it. Because just like your heart. Your brain never stops working all the 
time. It's giving us all the ideas, all the thoughts, all the time. So here's what I want to talk to you about issues of the heart. How do, how do, we, how do we deal with it, Pastor Chavis? How do we, how do we fix it? And I'm going to go into some, uh, some other things on, 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 on next week, but, but I want to just, just lay some groundwork today about your heart. And I want to start giving you some good ideas of what to put in your heart that will give you good heart health. You know, if you went to the doctor today and said, what's the best thing I can do for my heart? He's going to tell you two things. 100% every time, two things. And it's the same two things that it's been forever. And here's the problem. You already know these two things. You know them. You know exactly what they are. You know exactly what they are. You don't care. And neither do I. <laughs> He's going to tell you, here's two things you can do for your heart immediately that will help you. It can help your heart tomorrow. It, it, it can start helping your heart tomorrow. These two things are diet and exercise. See, I knew you knew it. See, none of y'all need to go to the doctor tomorrow. You need to go do what you know that you need to do. So what I need to do is I need to look at what I'm taking in and what I'm putting out. Right. See, because diet, diet is intake. Exercise is output. Right. If I can control what I put in, then I can control what I put out. I can. Do you know that if you aren't feeling like exercising, do you know the do you know the, do you know the worst thing for exercising is a bad diet? You say I don't feel like exercising. Yeah, cuz your diet's bad. Let me tell you what carbohydrates do not like to do. Work. They don't. You ever woke up feeling all fresh and renewed and like, man, this is going to be such a great day and totally ruined it with two waffles, three eggs, four pieces of bacon, and a biscuit and gravy? I have. If y'all want to sit there and look at me like y'all just saved, sanctified, never done nothing dumb like that, I have. I'll be the first one. Absolutely. The hungry man breakfast, put it down, and you'll be feeling so good. When you're done eating that breakfast, though, you're like, I am a loser, and I will get nothing done today. This day... It's practically over. <laughs> I just killed all progress in one meal. I put my entire life on the brakes with, this, with these two waffles with extra syrup and butter. Your whole, your whole mind was like, and we're shutting down. And it's like, man, that couch looks so good. I was so happy about all the productivity I was going to get done, and then I just jammed all these donuts in my mouth and drank this big coffee full of sugar and I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go nap now. But it's 8.30 in the morning. I know, what a better time. There is no greater time. Now, let me tell you right now, I don't care how good your intentions were to go to that gym if you eat three donuts and drink you a big old cup of coffee, you're not going to that gym. 
And if you do, you'll be doing what I see people do at the gym all the time, sitting on the end of the weight bench on their phone, <laughs> hoping that their wife is life 360 in them and can see that they're in the gym. Not doing a thing. There for a while, I had a, I had a membership at one of the nice places. It was LA Fitness, something like that. Had one of them nice memberships. And uh, I noticed that every, so in the LA Fitness, they have a giant men's locker room. It's just like, it's like really nice. And then they have a whole section of the men's locker room. There's couches and a big screen TV. No joke. No joke. I, I started every day when I would come in, I would just peek in. Same dudes. Same couch, watching ESPN, watching all the highlights from the night before. Not touched a weight, not looked at a treadmill, ain't looked at nothing. Just sitting on that same couch in there talking. I'm like, y'all, you paying all this money a month to watch TV in the morning. Yeah. If you get up and the first thing that you do is eat something bad, you're probably not going to do any exercise. So here's, here's what the Bible tells us to do in Matthew. Um, uh, here's what the Bible tells us to do in uh, Psalms 119 and verse 11. David tells us this. He said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Yeah. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16 says this, this is the covenant that I would make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. So if you're having an issue of the heart and you're thinking, I want to do this, I want to do that. You see, people always come to me and, and, they're, and they're excited about doing something. People are more focused on the output than the intake. If, if I went around the room right now and said, hey, what do you want to do for God? Most of you would have an answer for me. Oh, I, I, have, I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you know what? I, I really believe that we ought to do this. We ought to do that. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. But honestly, I don't see you doing anything. And the output is always lacking and the only reason the output is lacking is because the intake is lacking. It's just like people at the beginning of the year. Jim's making all kinds of money at the beginning of the year because everybody's feeling froggy on January 1st. And they're getting them gym memberships and they go in there for two or three weeks. Or, and you know Planet Fitness be messing you up. Listen, Planet Fitness be messing you up. But you know it's bad when you go to the gym and they're serving hot, hot dogs and hamburgers and, and donuts at the door. Pizza day. You come into the gym. Hey, welcome pizza day. Free piece of pizza. What y'all trying to do to me? I, that's, that's the most reverse psychology. I, I don't even understand that. When you, when you leave, you get a free Tootsie Roll. This is like counterintuitive. But what happens with us in the spiritual realm is we wake up in the morning and the first thing we do is grab our phones, check our email, check Instagram, check Facebook. We ain't put no word in our heart. Mm -mm. 
We've, we ain't at nothing, like we say in North Carolina. You ain't at nothing. All, all, only thing you had this morning was sugary waffles, biscuit and gravy, a bunch of saturated fat, and no nutrients. And so your intake was so bad that your output's going to be really bad. People get mad before they even get out of bed most times. You, you do yourself a disservice if the first thing you do is look at somebody else's life and try to compare yourself to it. You do yourself a disservice when the first thing you put in your heart, your heart is about to feel your whole life today. Every extremity is about to get energy and life and renewal. And the first thing you put in it is some political drama that's happening across the world ain't got nothing to do with you. You woke up today and the first thing you thought about is, are we going to be fighting in Ukraine? Ain't got nothing to do with you. Don't matter a hill of beans here nor there. Not in my opinion. First thing you thought about is, man, what are they going to do in Congress? Don't matter. The heart of the king's in the hand of God. Don't matter. See, if you'd have woke up and read that scripture first, if you'd have woke up and read all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, if you'd have read that scripture first, when you watch the news or later on, you might have been like, well, I don't care nothing about that. I don't care nothing about Because it don't bother me because, because I'm a child of God. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm not a child of this world. This is a, you, know, you know, these things don't bother me. That's what Paul, Paul, Paul could say. These things don't bother me. These things matter nothing to me. I count it all as dung anyway because I, I, I got a better place I'm going. My, my head is in the clouds. What he meant to say was my heart is up there. Yeah. His, his heart is there. This is why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8, watch this, this is so good, Matthew, Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, this is the Beatitude uh, scriptures. He said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, when you first read this, the first thing you think of is, man, you got to be pure in heart so you can go to heaven and see God. Well, no man at no time has seen God. That's not what Jesus is trying to say. We, we're thinking, oh, Jesus is telling us that if we're pure in heart, we, one day, one day we're going to see God. That's not what he's trying to say. What he's trying to say is, is that if you're pure in heart, you can see God every day. You can see God every moment. You can see God in anything. If your heart is pure, you can see God in loss. If your heart is pure, you can see God and, and, and people doing evil things to you. You can see God in it somehow. Somehow, I, I see God in that. You see, me and you, are, are we have an issue of the heart, and so everything we see, we're already putting a, a negative spin on it. We, we, we don't see God in nothing. Even, even when people try to do good for us, many of us can't even receive the good in it. 
We can't even we can't even receive hope. We can't even receive. We can't see it. All we see is what you're trying to do to me. You, you, you no, I don't like all that. I, no, no, I don't. I don't like nobody giving me nothing because I I take care of myself. I don't need all that. You can't see God. Your heart's not right. It doesn't matter in your heart. And what Jesus was trying to say is that if you have a pure heart, you can see God in this. God, God was in that. That horrible thing that happened in your life. God was in that somewhere, some way. He's always been in it. But he's saying if you, if you get your heart right, you can see God. You see, there's been moments in your life where your heart was right. And when stuff was happening, you were like, you know, I see God in this. God's working this out. But you've had other moments when your heart wasn't right and you couldn't see God in nothing. You couldn't see God in a new job. You couldn't see God in the good things or the bad things. You was, I don't know. I, I, I've literally had people in this church tell me I'm just so scared because everything's going so good. I'm just afraid it's all going to fall apart. I'm like, look at you. You're missing your opportunity to have hope and happiness because your heart's so messed up. You can't even see God in the good that's happening to you now. He's not saying... Blessed are the pure in heart because they're going to go to heaven one day. He's saying if you get your heart right, you get your eyes right. Oh, hallelujah. You start seeing things in a better way. You start seeing people in a better way. And you can look in any situation and say, I see God in that. And people come to you and say, oh, this and all oh, that and this is messed. And, you say, and, and, and they say, how, how do you always have a positive outlook on everything? Because my heart's pure. I'm not looking for the negative. You know what? You know what the, the flesh of man wants to do? You know this because you are a man. You are a woman. It wants to see the negative in everything. That is your default mechanism. Your default mechanism as a human being is to just see the negative in it. Just see the negative. I don't care if somebody drops off a, a box of gold at your front door. You're like, mm, is there a trip wire on this box of gold? You see who dropped this off? Don't touch it. Lord, don't touch it. Don't bring that blessing in the house. Ain't no telling who put that there. It might have some anthrax on it or something. I know people like this. Heart. They can't see. They can't see God. I wonder how your life would shift if you started working on your heart, started putting some word in your heart. You know, my grandmother, Violeta Wilt, is 90 years old. And, and I'll talk to her on the phone, and she's 90, so she's a little negative. Um, you know, and, and, but when I, when I start asking her things about my life, she ain't negative about those things. If I say, Grandma, well, I got this going on. I want you to pray about this for me. Grandma always has a word of encouragement. She can always see God in it. Now, if I ask her what's going on, she'd be like, well, you know, my hip don't work no more, and and, 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 you know, this is going on, that's going on. I don't know if you heard about so-and-so and, you know, they about to die and, you know, I ain't got no, you know, it's always something. But when I say, Grandma, you know, this is going on in the church, that's going on, I just, you know, just, I just want you to be pray prayerful about these things. And she always give me a word of encouragement and I'm always like, how does she see the positive in that? It's because her, her intake over 90 years has been the word of God. When you look at her heart, the, the, the laws of God have been written on it. And if she's going to give you advice, she's going to tell you how to see God in every situation. 
because she has the law of God written on her heart. I'm almost finished, but I want to read for you just a couple more scriptures. Hebrews 10 and 22. I found this very interesting, Hebrews 10 and 22. He said, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Hebrews 10, 22, he says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, if you know anything about the tabernacle, there's a place for sprinkling and there's a place for washing. The washing happens in the outer court at the laver of water. The sprinkling happens in the inner court where the glory is. They sp sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. And what you have to know is this, this outer man, this outer man needs washed by the water. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's, that, that's a flesh thing. The flesh needs to be buried with Christ in baptism. But the only way that I can get this sprinkled is if the high priest will come in having the blood of the lamb and the hyssop branch ministry and sprinkle the blood on my mind sprinkled from an evil conscience. Conscience speaks of mind, not of heart. It speaks of mind. You see the connection here. That, that the Lord is telling us the outer man needs washed, but the inner mind, the heart needs sprinkled because it is in the holy place, the most important place. It is, it, is at the, it is at the front. You see, when God told them to make the tabernacle, he started in the inner place. When God started breaking down for Moses all the details of the tabernacle, when he started telling Moses that, he didn't start on the outside. That's not where he started. Go, go read it in your Bible. When God started telling Moses to build the tabernacle, he started with what will be in the most important place, inside. And when God starts working on you, he'll start working on the inside. We used to sing it back in the day, Brother John Brawls used to sing it, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I got Jesus on the inside. He's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, what a change in my life. Yeah. When you got Jesus on the inside, listen, there is no way that Jesus will come on the inside and leave the outside the way it is. That's not, that's not Jesus. He sprinkles the conscious, but he washes the flesh. If you got the real Jesus, All right. 
eventually, we're going to see it on the outside. And eventually you, are, if you got really, if you reading that word and you writing it on the corridors of your heart and God's working on the inside, eventually something's going to happen. We're going to see a change on the outside. Something's going to happen. Yeah. A leopard can change his spots if he gets the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Absolutely he can. A leopard could be a zebra if he get the Holy Ghost because I've seen God take alcoholics and make them into men of God. I've seen God take drug addicts and make them into powerful, powerful preachers and, and, and great workers in the kingdom of God. I've seen him take the worst of the worst and make them the best of the best because when he got to working on the inside, something happened on the outside. Yeah. You see, here's what happens. Here's what happens. You know, you put on your tennis shoes and you, and, and you go to the gym and you're walking on that treadmill and the only reason you're there is because you, the doctor made you go because you got something wrong on the inside. That heart got to get right. And you get on that, you get on that treadmill and you walk in and you walk in and, and you go home and instead of eating them three waffles, you know, you, you eat a, you know, a, a couple of eggs and some avocados. Tastes like nothing. Put some salt and pepper on it. And I don't care what nobody say, avocado tastes like water. That's why y'all put a bunch of salt and pepper on it, because it tastes like chunky water. You go home and you eat that chunky water, green, green chunky water on top of that. You put some salt and pepper on it, put some tomatoes and squeeze some lime on it. Now, not, then it's good. But the only reason you're doing all that is because something going on on the inside. So you start eating healthy fats, and you're staying away from, you're staying away from dino bites and, 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 and fruity pebbles and and, and, and Golden Grams and, and, and <laughs> Captain Crunch. Lord have mercy, it's so good. There ain't nothing like some Captain Crunch about 10.30 at night. Big old bowl, big old bowl, glory to the land. Some cold 2% milk, glory. There ain't nothing like it. But you say no to that because you got something going on on the inside. You got to get something on the inside right. So you say no to that. And you go to the gym and you, you, you lift the little weights and you, 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 you're running and you, you're doing your thing because you got something going on on the inside. And then about four weeks later, you put your pants on, you're like, hold up. I'm going to put another, tighten my belt up a little bit. You put that suit on you ain't put on since last Easter. You're like, hey, glory. Your wife say, hello. How you doing? Why? Because in my effort to get something right on the, <laughs> something started happening on the outside. You start feeling different. You become happier. I don't know how that happens. You're just happier. Your brain starts working a little bit better. You come off all, you, you, your brain comes off all those impurities, sugar, and caffeine, and too much of it. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm saying you, you've been eating too much of it. And so your brain starts clearing up because you're not running off of the worst fuel. You start running a little off better fuel. And all, the only thing you was doing was trying to fix something on the inside, but the outside started changing and things started feeling different and things started looking different. And, and, and you feel hope where you used to feel despair. And you start seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And you start dreaming again. What you used to dream. 
how you used to feel. You sleep better, and you're awake better. Somebody said, I, I just want good sleep. Well, I want good sleep, but I want good awake too. Right. Amen. It, I, it's not that I'm praying, Lord, give me good sleep. I'm saying, Lord, give me good awake time too. I want to be profitable, and I want to be, be a good husband and, and a good father and a good leader. So, so don't just give me good sleep. Give me good awake time too. I want them both. And I just, the only reason I, I feel this way is because there was something wrong in my heart. So I started making some adjustments. Just a few adjustments. Just a few adjustments. And then something started happening. Something started happening on the outside. Because of what happened on the inside. You see, I cannot let my heart lead me. I have to lead my heart. I'll show it to you in the scripture and I'm, and I'm, I'm done tonight. Here's what he said in Proverbs 23, 19. I would love for you to write this down because I, 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 I feel like this is one of those scriptures that could really change your life. Proverbs 23, 19, he said, hear me. Now, he said, hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. See, this world has flipped that script, and they said, follow your heart. That's not what God said. God said, don't you dare follow it. You get in front of it and you lead it. You guide the heart and you don't let the heart guide you. I don't let my heart make the decisions for me. I preemptively make the decisions for it. You know, because your heart, your heart wants Captain Crunch. Don't lie to me. Your heart wants bluebell, butter pecan. Got quickened in the spirit right there. That's what your heart wants. Your heart wants to see what everybody else is doing. Your heart wants in on the gossip. Your heart wants to blame everybody else. Not taking nothing on for you. You didn't do nothing. I didn't, I'm innocent in this. No, no, that's, that's your heart talking. Grab your heart by the back of his neck and say, you coming with me. We going to the word. We going to church. You coming, we going to the altar. You coming with me. We going to prayer. Your heart, if you let your heart lead, you ain't never going to pray. No, sir. If you let your heart lead, you're never going to come to the altar. If you let your heart lead, your heart wants to stay comfortable. But if you lead your heart, then you can have a good heart. And out of a good heart can come good things. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord tonight. Would we just take a moment here and let's just pray. Let's pray that God will let this word tonight sink in our hearts. That this word will get inside my heart. That I, I take this and put it in my heart and it will make me 
healthy. This is a good meal tonight. It's a good heart meal. But you know, just like I know, one meal ain't going to change it. One meal ain't going get to get it right. You, you need to eat some tomorrow and the next day and, and do right the next day and keep it up. And pretty soon things will start changing. Don't get weary in well-doing. Statistics say that most people will go to the gym for a week and a half. That is the normal time. And that the week and a half, if they don't see change, they get discouraged and they quit. Or the average time that an, an American stays on a diet is about a week and a half. Because at the, at the end of a week and a half, they can't see anything. Ain't nothing really changed. And they're like, ah, why even care? They get discouraged. So don't get weary in well-doing. The Bible tells us do, don't get weary in well-doing. Keep at it. Keep at it. You're not going to see anything for a while. But, but there, there'll come a time when things will start shifting. And you can't avoid it. You know, this is it. It's different now. I feel different. And you know what? I'm looking different. I feel good about it. Amen? So let's pray that the Lord will help us get this in our heart. Would you do that with me right now? Lord, I thank you for your I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.